الحمد لله وكفى السلام على عباده الذين اصطفى أما بعد فأعوذ بالله من الشيطان الرجيم بسم الله الرحمن الرحيم والذين جاهدوا فينا لنهدي أنهم سبولنا سبحان ربك رب العزة عما يصفون وسلام على المرسلين الحمد لله رب العالمين اللهم صل على سيدنا محمد وعلى آل سيدنا محمد وبارك وسلم اللهم صل على سيدنا محمد وعلى آل سيدنا محمد وبارك وسلم اللهم صل على سيدنا محمد وعلى آل سيدنا محمد وبارك وسلم. As we um, transition over from the month of Ramadan into the month of Shawwal, um, this is really the real test of the believer. This time period, especially the weeks after Ramadan, this is the real test of the believer. Um, because the month of Ramadan is a month where there's a lot of excitement. And there's a lot of energy and there's a lot of enthusiasm. One can say that there's, you know, uh, there's uh, potentially other motives by which we may strive for the sake of Allah. There's potentially other motives that would drive us to ser- drive us um, besides d- solely for the sake of Allah and the pleasure of Allah Subhanahu Wa Taala, right? So and, and there's nothing inherently wrong with this. So for instance, if a person wants to come to the Taraweeh prayer in the masjid and pray for an hour when otherwise it wouldn't happen outside Ramadan, and they want to do so because they see that people in the community are gathering and they see that, you know, that, um, uh, that it encourages them to stay up, etc., etc., it's acceptable, right? But there's potentially a reason other than solely for the pleasure of Allah. Um, similarly, coming for the Fajr prayer in the mornings, right? I mean, we see that Fajr prayer now is very different than it was five or six days ago. The masjid will be full for Fajr, but now it's not so much. And part of it is because there was a lot of excitement, right? And so there's a possibility that, okay, well, now when I, in Ramadan I was coming for Fajr because I would see so many other people and that would motivate me and inspire me. There's value in that. But then the question after Ramadan then becomes, um, you know, uh, is it difficult for me to go to Fajr now? And if so, is it maybe because... Uh, part of the reason I was going Ramadan was because other people were going or because there was energy or because I was already up for suhoor so I decided to go rather than it purely being for the sake of and for the pleasure of Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala right so you know you can almost this time period almost separates the, uh, the, the believers who worship Ramadan from the believers who worship Allah right this time period it helps separate the believers who worship Ramadan Versus the believers who worship Allah. If a person really exerts themselves only in the month of Ramadan, and that's when they're coming to the masjid, and that's when they're striving, but then after the month of Ramadan, they lose most of that energy, and no longer those efforts are no longer be made, then the question really we should ask ourselves is, was I worshiping Allah during the month of Ramadan, or was I actually worshiping Ramadan? Because if I was worshiping in Ramadan, then yes, I got what I needed in Ramadan, I prayed extra, I fasted, I gave extra sadaqah, etc. Ramadan is over and now I've left my deen. Essentially what that means is that I spent my Ramadan worshiping Ramadan rather than worshiping Allah. Now, this isn't to say that we don't exert ourselves more in Ramadan. We do. And that's because there is additional reward. We see the Prophet doing this, etc., etc., etc. So there's value in that and I don't want to downplay that. But it's a question that we should all deeply ask ourselves. That, you know, the, the, the true believers are those people who are infatuated in the love of Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala, or infatuated with Allah ta'ala. Right? Allah ta'ala says that, you know, وَالَّذِينَ آمَنُوا If you believe and really, truly believe, أَشَدُّ حُبَّ لِلَّهُ We're really fierce and shadeed in our love of Allah ta'ala. Which means, technically speaking, 
Whether it's the month of Ramadan or the month of Dhul Hijjah or the month of any other time, it doesn't matter. I always love Allah, so I'm going to do things for the sake of Allah. Right? I mean, that's really the sign of a true believer. And you can almost separate the people that are, you know, worshiping Ramadan from those that aren't. You know, analogous to this would be, for instance, you know, you're hosting a party and, you know, you ask a bunch of friends to come and help out beforehand. So all these people show up and come beforehand and you find out that three or four other people are coming. So they all want to come and help and help and help. And then after the party's done and everyone's tired, you know, who stays behind to help clean up? Because there's no excitement at that point. Everyone's tired. Most people have already left. And the people that really care about you, for instance, they're the ones who are going to stick around even after the party's over to make sure that you clean up, even though there's, there's not much excitement at that point. This happens, we see this in the, commu- in the community as well. For instance, someone's setting up a, a retreat or a conference at the masjid or maybe at some other center. And you say, you know, we're going to organize it. And there's so much excitement amongst the organizers that we want to, you know, one person's really excited, he wants to be the MC. Another person's really excited, they want to help set up the chairs and the tables, etc., etc. And then after the program's all done and the excitement's, excitement's gone, you know, there's always just those couple of people that are remaining that are really there until the end. And they're just putting things away, making sure things are fully tidied up, not getting any credit. But they're recognizing that Allah Ta'ala is seeing them. Right? The party is over, the excitement's over, but then there's still people who... But, but these, these handful of people are the true you know, seekers who are desiring Allah Ta'ala's attention, irrespective of the time, circumstance, or whoever else is doing it. So uh, we, should, we should really ask ourselves this question. Right? If we noticed that there was, there's been a dramatic change in our routine and our habits, etc., you know, a week ago compared to now. Um, I mean, that's a really deep question we have to ask ourselves. Like, okay, yeah, there's going to be a little bit of a difference. I'm not going to fast every day. There's going to be a little bit of a difference. I'm not going to pray, you know, maybe an hour of 20 rak'ah at night. But, I mean, there shouldn't be that much of a difference. And if there was a steep drop-off, then we should ask ourselves, like, what... what uh, who, 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 have I, who, who have I been worshipping? Like, what, I mean, Allah didn't go anywhere, right? I mean, Allah Ta'ala, the same Allah in Ramadan, is the same Allah as He is now. You know, Allah Subh'anaHu Wa Ta'ala is as perfect then as He is now. He's as magnificent then as He is now. He's as deserving of our attention and our, uh, atten- uh, our, attention and our um, excitement as, as now. Like, He hasn't changed. Um, so if we've changed, then it really begs the question. Now, when, you know, just, I thought I would just highlight a couple of points because I know that many uh, of the audience and people streaming online were part of the, were joining in on the last 10 days and we did a series on the 10 habits um, of, of Ramadan, uh, sorry, 10 habits of people that are highly effective and I kind of want to just close the loop. Um, so there's two things that are important for us if we want to remain successful after the month of Ramadan. The first is that we establish new habits. I'm going to touch upon that in just a moment. And the second is the company that we keep. And I'm going to touch upon that in a little bit more uh, uh, toward the end. In terms of habits, look, we're human beings. And it's hard for us to make major changes in our life. In fact, the deen almost in a way discourages it. And I, I, don't, I don't want you, this to be taken the wrong way. If a person really wants to develop themselves or really wants to make changes in their lives, rarely will it happen where they can go from zero to 60 overnight. You know, yeah, there's an initial transformation where a person who's distanced from Allah, something sucks them in, they maybe was a friend or maybe just something in their heart is pulling them toward the masjid and they, they turn their life around so that they're worshiping Allah more. That happens. And then after that, Right? If I want to continue to build myself and my deen, etc., it's not, I can't, this requires 
you know, building in things into my routines, I, I, into my routine, i.e. habits, that will have lasting change. It doesn't happen in any other way. So just to recap, the habits that we had discussed over those last 10, 10 days, and they're available online and Apple Podcasts, you can listen to them. Uh, there were 10 different talks. The first was on waking up early, the habit of waking up early. We had the habit of personal grooming and hygiene. We talked about the habit of reading on a daily basis of, for a period of time. The habit of, habit of budgeting our wealth. Um, a habit of expressing gratitude and gratefulness. The habit of volunteering our time. The habit of giving, for, uh, giving wealth. The habit of forgiving others. Uh, the habit of focusing our attention when we interact and in what we do. And the last habit that we talked about was reflecting. So the Prophet you know, he, he mentions in a hadith that we all have heard uh, that um, the, the most beloved deeds to Allah Ta'ala are those that are done regularly. I.e. the Prophet is telling us that if we really want to strive in our path toward Allah Ta'ala and we want to make changes in our lives and make these deeds beloved to Allah, it's not going to happen by deciding today I'm going to start doing you know, 20 rak'ah every single night whether it's Ramadan or not. It's not going to happen from these big drastic changes. It's going to be by incorporating small things but doing these things consistently. Right? Small things but doing these things consistently. So the habits that we mentioned, these are habits that come from the Sunnah of the Prophet and from the Quran. And these are things that are practical. Right? Ten things that can be done um, th that we can incorporate into our lives and we'll notice tremendous change. We talked about, for instance, the habit of forgiving others before we go to bed. I mean, that's a very powerful habit that comes from the Sahaba and from the Prophet really. Right? The habit of regularly, not like a, I'm in a, my quality. Again, there's a difference between a quality and a characteristic and a habit. A habit is something that I do regularly and consistently. Who, whoever discusses the importance of habitually forgiving other people and the benefit that that has upon me. That's a very powerful way by which we draw closer to Allah. You know, the habit of... Um, of uh, of expressing gratefulness and gratitude. You know, how many of us actually sit in the morning and sit in the evening and express shukr and gratitude toward Allah Ta'ala? Try it, see what happens. See how this, if done consistently, actually changes our lives. So it's important, number one, after we leave the month of Ramadan, really to think about what are our habits, what habits need to be removed, and what habits should we bring into our lives because this is what will allow us to sustain ourselves through the rest of the year. Now, you know, one of the questions that had come up during the series was, uh, there were like, you know, if whoever had participated, there were a lot of like scientific studies and things, right? And I, I, I want to make sure that it's clear that we don't need these scientific studies or these scientific principles to prove to us that it's important to participate in an action, right? For instance, we talked about, you know, how the, the scientific benefits that show that expressing gratitude has the following health benefits. We've seen this in a number of studies, medical studies. The science of volunteering and how people to volunteer, especially when they volunteer with the correct intention, right, actually results in positive health benefits. We talked about the, the, this, we reviewed a bunch of studies. We talked about uh, forgiving as well and reflecting and people that like forgive other people, what positive, sci the scientific outcomes that have shown the benefit that comes to people. We talked about reflecting and people that regularly reflect all the benefits that come to them. Look, you know, the, the, we don't need that science, right? And I just want to make sure that that's clear. The, the intention behind providing the science isn't to try to convince somebody that now I should be doing this. Because if this is something the Prophet did, it, we don't need 
a scientific study to prove it. In fact, the scientific method in and of itself has, as uh, tried and tested as it may be, there's, of, there's often a lot of flaws in the studies. There's a lot of mistakes in the way they interpret things. Things are over-interpreted, under-interpreted. There are biases, etc. So a lot of times you can come to a conclusion that you want to come to and present the data in however way you want to present it. Sometimes, you know, your design study is flawed. And because the study design is flawed, you get a, you get a, you get a result that maybe goes against what we would think is common sense or against the deen. And then you begin to question, like, is the deen true? Is it not true? So the purpose of presenting science when we're talking about these habits and things isn't to, it's just to, for us to appreciate that eventually, if science were perfect, it would come to the same conclusions that deen has also come to. Right? For instance, you know, forgiving other people is absolutely going to benefit me, right, in the akhirah, and any in general, um, following the sunnah of the Prophet ﷺ is going to be of benefit to me in my own personal, physical, and mental health. There's no question about it, whether science proves that or not. Some scientific studies are rigorous, and we begin to see the results, and sometimes it helps inspire certain people that maybe are of an academic mindset, um, that, okay, yeah, you know, it, it, can help, it can help make sense, make sense of the matter. But for people that are striving, you know, the people that are gathered here and people that are joining these gatherings, that are striving, you know, in the path of Allah Ta'ala and drawing near to Allah Ta'ala and are in love with the Prophet really, I mean, the science is just secondary or, or even tertiary. It's not, it's not something that is needed. We have the example of the Prophet and there's nothing that even compares. Um, okay, so the first point I wanted to highlight was that if we want to maintain ourselves after the month of Ramadan, it's about picking up a few habits that are important that we've either heard about from the Sunnah or from other series or whatnot, and actually we begin, then we actually begin implementing it. Um, for instance, you know, waking up early. Like I, I'm not going to go over the talk in detail, but that's a very important uh, habit of people that are highly successful in Deen in particular. Like sleeping in is not in our dictionary. It, it cannot be in our dictionary. Yeah, I mean, a person can wake up early and then sleep later in the morning because they're tired. But this like notion of like, I'm going to burn the midnight oil and I'm going to sleep, basically barely wake up for Fajr, eyes closed, pray, go back to bed and just sleep through the morning hours. This, we, we don't see this in the lives of any, the Prophet and we don't see this in the lives of any of the people of piety that have come before us. Anyone that's attained a degree of success in this world, there's, there's no... There's no concept of like, let me just sleep through the morning hours. That's a time of tremendous amount of barakah. So anyways, these are things that we discussed before, but I just want us to really reflect upon the habits that we've had and how we can bring this uh, into our lives now. The second point is that if we really want to continue to benefit ourselves after the month of Ramadan, it is 99% um, dependent on the company that we have. It is 99% dependent on the company that we keep moving forward. I cannot emphasize this enough. You know, the Prophet said this himself. That a person is on the deen of the religion of their friend. Meaning if I want to know what, you know, uh, Zayd's deen is, all I need to do is look at the, uh, the deen of Umar. And if I see Umar, I know exactly what Zayd's deen is. Right? Because that's his friend. The Prophet said saying this and it makes perfect sense. Because... If we want to maintain ourselves, the number one thing that we need to do is, is maintain good company. And this doesn't just mean friendship, although that's very important, but it's also the company of the people of piety, and the company of the people that regularly frequent the masjid, and the company of people that regularly talk about and reflect upon and remind you of Allah Ta'ala. You know, like, it's not that complicated. 
You know, it's the Prophet sallallahu alaihi wasallam. If a if a person at the time of the Prophet sallallahu alaihi wasallam, just to highlight how important company is. Not if this hadith is enough, but just to highlight even more that if a person wanted to go from being an ordinary Muslim, of ordinary believer, to becoming at the level of a Sahabi, and the level of a Sahabi is such that a Sahabi is guaranteed paradise. Is guaranteed paradise. Although you know the series in Ramadan was the ten that are guaranteed paradise. You know, uh, imams kept mentioning these ten people that are guaranteed paradise were in one hadith in particular. But you know they were highlighted as ten people. The Prophet mentioned in the hadith of the Ashara Mubashara. But the Sahaba as a whole, or Allah Taala is pleased with all of them. But how does a person go from being an ordinary believer to being a Sahabi? It was literally coming in the company of the Prophet right? For a moment. It wasn't that they had to spend a year or two years. Just a moment of good company, excellent company, really, was sufficient to take them from being an ordinary believer like us to being the, at the level of, a, of the Sahaba. I mean, we, no matter what we try to do today, if we, tried to, if we promised Allah that we're going to pray every Salah in the Masjid until we die, and that we are never going to miss a tahajjud prayer, and we are going to fast every Monday and Thursday, and we're not going to miss any of those days. And we are going to give charity on a daily basis without a doubt. And we're going to, you know, sponsor, you know, 20 orphans a year. And we're going to, you know, not commit any sin. Even if we lived that kind of a life, we wouldn't reach the level of a sahabi. All it required was one moment in the company of the Prophet So if company was that important back then, um, it's as important, it's just as important now. Like, it's just natural. You know, you, you, you spend time in the company of good people, you become good. You spend time in the company, and this, you know, if you spend, if you have, if you spend time in the company of four or five people, and all of them smoke, guaranteed you're going to pick up the habit of smoking. You spend time in the company of four or five people that drink, guaranteed you're going to pick up the habit of drinking. There's no like question about this. This is not a debated issue when it comes to uh, when it comes to social science, for instance. It's accepted, well accepted. So, if we want our deen to be excellent as well. Um, well then just pick, the per- pick someone who's Pick a person to, And become close to that person That's on deen So when the Prophet ﷺ continued He said um, So um, Look um, At who you befriend Look at who you befriend Because your deen is going to be based off of who you, who you befriend And befriend again Like whose company you're in who's, Who you're hanging out with The people that you're spending time with um, So this can't be emphasized enough a person wants to become closer to Allah and near to Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala, then they just have to spend time in the company of people that are striving for the same. Uh, if a person wants to um, develop a relationship with the Prophet wasallam, just spend time in the company of people that have developed a relationship with the Prophet wasallam. That's all you have to do. You know, any... any um, uh, there's... You know, oftentimes I'll get the question, in Ramadan this question came up so many times, so many times people would ask me, like, what, what can I do to maintain myself? And the answer was always the same. You just need to fix your company. That's it. Change the people that you spend time with, and that's it. Everything else will fall into place. Literally, everything else will fall into place. You really don't have to do much more. Because naturally, you're going to start praying because they're praying, or because you're going to see the effects of Salah on their face. Or in their hearts You're going to start reciting Qur'an Because they're reciting Qur'an Or you begin to see the nur that's in their heart Or on their face because of Qur'an So just, you know, these are two things that I wanted to highlight The importance of trying to develop good habits After the month of Ramadan And secondly, um, the importance of good company Right, the importance of good company And how really our, our rectification of deen is dependent 
really almost almost you could say solely solely based off of the company that we keep so may Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala grant us the tawfiq to benefit from uh, the habit of the Prophet sallallahu alayhi wa sallam may Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala uh, forgive us for all of our mistakes and allow us to maintain ourselves even after this month of Ramadan uh, and may Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala allow us to keep a good company and, and, and may Allah ta'ala provide us with good company so that we can continue increasing ourselves and our nearness to him wa akhiru da'wana alhamdulillahi rabbil alameen